Hello. Hello. And welcome to another episode of Tacos and Tequila. I'm Peyton. I'm Sydney. And we have another doozy for you. <laughs> you got the, th- the thesaurus. I know, know. I didn't even, I'm going to be honest, I didn't even write down a word. So I looked through it yesterday and I didn't pick one. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's funny. I'm sorry, Dad. My dad sent a list of synonyms and antonyms of doozy for us to start using other options, but I just, I don't know. I feel like none of them. They have to, they don't fit like in all circumstances. I feel like how doozy is like something that you can use like in multiple ways. Where it might be like mind blowing, but also it's like a, I don't know. I feel like some of the other ones that I did check the list, but I don't actually remember, like, a specific word on there. But, like, I feel like some of them on there are more, like, Bees specific. Yeah. yeah, you can't use them, like, as broadly There's as There's a couple that I think we could maybe use. Okay. So, I'll, I'll evaluate. I think I have one for my next case. Ooh. <laughs> so, stay tuned, everyone. But this week... I think doozy also applies because I feel like doozy is nice when it's like mind blowing, twisty, turny, yeah, makes you scratch your head kind of case, and that's what I think this one is. I think that's every case we cover, but okay. I mean, yes. <laughs> I think that's I also works agree. so well. <laughs> that's literally why it works so well. It's a good word, but I don't know what else to say. It's a great word. Uh. True crime news before I let you hi- uh, dive into it. Do you know there was another body found in Lake Mead? Shut the fuck up. When? Because uh, I think we said the count last time was up to three, right? Yeah, yeah. We're at, we're at four now. Dude. Yeah, so I, I guess that happened last week. I did see that. When we're was... recording now, so. <laughs> I did see that there was some pictures. So, like, I mean, I believe it. Um like of that boat or whatever like how they have that shipwreck oh, yeah like, up so like they there's a picture of like what it looked like maybe a month ago and like there was some water on the ground like it was still like sticking up but then there's pictures of it now and it's literally just sand so like there's no water around it which is crazy oh, wild. so it's definitely continuing to dry up even further than it already was a hundred percent yeah, it said they're, it's rapidly evaporating. It's crazy. And as of right now, four sets of remains. One that was discovered inside the barrel was the shooting victim mm-hmm. from the late 1970s, which we definitely think is mob-related. Yes, that was <laughs> um, And the state of the other bodies, it says, has been unclear. So I don't... <laughs> know what that means but they also are saying that is so gross the bodies are turning into like soapy substances which makes sense because it's not preserved in the the wildlife in the water and the temperatures and all of that yeah it's like play-doh but the one in the 
the one in the barrel is they 100% think is mob related and has not been identified. I do think, though, too, that's interesting because now that they're not saying, like, you know, they made that right away when they found that first body. It was like, oh, it's from the 70s. It, there's a possibility of it being lab related. Now that they're not, like, saying anything, I find that to be interesting, too, probably because they don't want to start, like, a frenzy, like, of people. Exactly. Like, these are all, I mean, obviously everyone's going to have their opinion on it, but they're not releasing anything additional, probably because they don't want people to freak the fuck out and be like, oh, my goodness. A hundred percent. So it's it'll be interesting to see because I like we talked about originally, they expect that as the water levels keep lowering, they're gonna find more and more. Yeah. This one is from actually yesterday that they found a decomposing torso and they believe they know who one of the that who it was. Um, and apparently Aww. there was an army veteran who drowned two decades ago in 2004, saving his wife's life. And he suffered a heart attack and drowned. And they think that's him because he was never recovered. Interesting. Interesting. Yes. But they don't know. Nothing's been identified for sure. <laughs> hmm. So really interesting to see where I guess we keep getting updates. So I wanted to include that because I know that's one we've been following and updating everyone on. So yes, that's a good one. I didn't hear about that. So I'm excited. I got you this time. (laughs) Thank goodness. (laughs) But yeah, I think that's really it right now. And I'll let you dive in, I guess. Cool. Diane and Mark Stoud lived in Springfield, Missouri, with their four kids, Sean, Sarah, Rachel, and Brianna. Diane was a nurse, while Mark was a musician who occasionally had picked up, like, odd jobs, but typically wasn't bringing home much to the family. All four of the Stoud children were still living at home. Sean was 26 and was on the autism spectrum. Sarah, 24, had recently graduated college, but had a huge amount of student loan debt, which, honestly, who doesn't at this point? Rachel was 22 and had appeared to be Diane's favorite child, often writing quite positive posts about her on Facebook and all of her accomplishments. And Brianna was nine, who was a fourth grade student who also had some learning disabilities. The family as a whole was musically talented and quite involved at their church. Diana was even the organist at the church. On Easter of 2012, tragedy begins to strike this family. When Mark dies suddenly, it had appeared he had died from natural causes. And that is what it was ruled, even though it was said that there was a ring of blood around his mouth when he was found. Which yeah. is a huge red flag, first A huge, a huge red flag, <laughs> and, like, a, a very important thing to note in your head, because if you're dying of natural causes, there should be no reason why there's blood around your mouth or, like, that you would be coughing up blood, I feel like. 100%. There's something else and going I on. I can understand that maybe some of the justifications and reasons what they're thinking a little bit, but I don't know. I don't, 
because did you say why they I'll I'll leave it alone I just it's very suspicious to me (laughs) yes definitely suspicious I wouldn't say that that's a reason to like if if that's taking place that would be you know like a red flag for them to look into the death further and not just leave it at unnatural causes um yeah, because I think they tried to say, like, oh, well, he lived an unhealthy lifestyle, and mm-hmm. he liked to drink, and it's like, okay, <laughs> I don't, I don't know, it's still a red flag to me, personally. It doesn't answer anything with the blood. There's exactly. something, it's just, it, it was like a cap out, like, it's easier to just 100%. name it natural causes <laughs> than for us to investigate into it 100%. and deal with, like, the paperwork and all the other shit that this is going to cause us. So, it's natural causes. We're leaving it at that. After Mark died, Diane had collected a two hundred or $20,000 life insurance policy and had moved herself and her four children into a bigger home. Five months after Mark's pas- passing, tragedy had struck the family again. Sean was found dead, just like his father, with a ring of blood around his mouth. Sean had flu-like symptoms the days leading up to his death, which it's said that Mark had something similar. And his death was ruled due to prior medical issues, which had included a seizure disorder that his mother had told the hospital about. Sean had passed away 147 days after his father. This is a young kid. He's, you know, 26 years old and passes away with the blood around his mouth again and this is yes. just <laughs> fine there's no issues that you know they do say that it's because of prior medical issues but this again isn't really investigated um i think even if you have a seizure disorder and you know you're prone to those that's not really much of an answer as to the, the blood that's around your mouth a hundred percent and i have an issue that that's now the second family member in a short period of time where this happened to you, and it's not, like, a red flag to you. 147 days. We're still in 2012. Like not even, like, a year later. That's Correct. super crazy. And just doesn't seem like coincidence at that point. In 2013, another tragedy takes place, which really makes the deaths no longer seem like they're just coincidences and that this family has like some sort of black cloud hanging over them sarah was also taken to the hospital and was admitted with a brain bleed and organ failure and the signs are beginning to point to some sort of poisoning when she's taken into the hospital it's when sarah is admitted to the hospital that an anonymous tipster calls into police stating that he believes that diane may have killed her husband and son He mentioned there was a lack of emotion when Mark had passed away and felt that the behavior was quite odd for a mourning wife. Then when Sean, this healthy young man, passed, there was still no emotions being shown. And it was quite odd. You know, she's making these Facebook posts, um, not really talking about how all these people in her family are dying, but just like how great her life is. and just not showing I mean I understand everyone mourns differently I feel like this has come up previously with us but 
you would think that if there's this black cloud just hovering over you, that you would be like upset and like worried about is all of this that's taking place in your family. Not only, not only that, but there were no services done for Sean, and some of the family didn't even know about it. I saw, like. I saw an interview with some of the family members were like cousins or aunts and uncles who found out through another person in the family who found out that Sean passed like a month later and was like, oh, what the hell? That's how it was with like Sarah being in the hospital, too. Like she wasn't, you know, telling people that her daughter's in the hospital, like with these grave problems, like could possibly die. And that's and a red just, flag. <laughs> yeah, she's at church just living her best life, doing all the things. And her daughter's literally, like, dying in the hospital. I also saw that I have notes from when she was in the hospital. The nurses there were also really concerned and noted Diane's behavior and, like, weird comments. She was, like, joking around a little bit about Sarah's condition and then was talking to them about this upcoming trip she had planned to Florida and like this vacation she was going on. And they were just like, um, yes. Okay. Weird, but yes. okay. So basically, something that you would not expect like if your child is dying or is in the hospital, that would be your biggest concern. Like, not your vacation that's coming up. That vacation would probably be canceled. Correct. Um, I would not be going on that trip, personally. <laughs> no. Even, like, so, Bain and I had gone to Vegas recently, and both of my parents were in the hospital, and I, like, didn't know if I was going to go. Like, my parents literally were like, no, you're going on this trip. But I was like, no, like, I don't want something to happen. Like, what's... Yeah, we literally were like, we don't have to go. We can figure that out. <laughs> and they weren't even, like, necessarily, you know, going to die like that's not that was not the case there so when the you know the nurses are saying like this is super serious your daughter's in the hospital she has a brain bleed and it organ failure and you're still going on your trip that's probably weird yes this anonymous tipster had turned out to be their pastor and it was Which usually you know it's bad if the pastor is the one making an anonymous police statement. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I think one of the red flags for him was, you know, she was the organist at their church and had gone to there was a mention that she'd gone to like a practice or like was doing something with the church. They were very involved. And he was unaware that Sarah was in the hospital and was like, Why are you here? Like what is going on? Like, she just didn't care enough to tell anybody. It wasn't long after Sarah's hospitalization that, and after this anonymous tipster had called in, that Diane was arrested and charged with murdering her family members. Diane had admitted that her and her daughter, Rachel, Rachel was the supposed favorite child, had snuck antifreeze in their family members' drinks. Specifically into energy drinks and soda. They had even gone as far as purchasing the product online to ensure that there was no noticeable taste to it. Um, It had apparently lacked that bitter taste that you find in the store-bought antifreeze. Which 
is absolutely fucking insane. I didn't know that was, like, a thing. That you could buy it online like that? I didn't either. Yeah, I didn't know that you could buy it without that taste. I don't know. Yeah, like, without specific. And how do you even, like, I guess my, I have a question mark next to this. Like, how do you even know, like, how, that it doesn't have that? Like, can you just Google, like... I mean, it's whatever that chemical is called, I guess. You know, they know what the the chemical is that makes that specific bitter taste. But, like, why would you need the antifreeze without that unless you're trying to kill people? Like, why would they even sell it like that? Okay, so I just Googled it. <laughs> I mean, that's that's probably the best, the best. And I basically, can you buy antifreeze with no taste? So, don't come for me, FBI. <laughs> FBI is going to be knocking. So you can find, I guess, like certain brands that maybe don't carry. It's like a certain chemical that they're pu- they put in it, and that's okay. what the taste is. But this article from 2014 said this year customers can only can buy only the bitter versions. So I don't know if they changed it and now it's a requirement that it's. I don't know fucking wild either way (laughs) yeah in 2013 it was some states required it so i'm guessing 2014 that was an update i would have to dig further into this but it's very interesting to to think you could have just googled this and found it (laughs) yeah and then it just pops right up and you just purchase it online like that literally that's super crazy Rachel was arrested the day after her mom was, basically, because her mom, you know, threw her under the bus, stating that she was a part of this. Diane had said the murders were committed because she had hated her husband, and Sean and Sarah were both seen as burdens to the family. Sean was on that autistic spectrum, so he was requiring additional care. And then Sarah had all this student loan debt and she was jobless so she really wasn't pulling her weight so her family was kind of having to take care of her as well Rachel had also confessed to the crimes in both a diary that the the detectives had found and to the detective to the detectives themselves she said that her mother and her did a lot of research and even had looked into poisonous plants which in my head I'm thinking what the fuck are you going to do with a poisonous plant (laughs) <laughs> like just take some leaves put it on your tomato sandwich like the what? craziest thing to note too is her first diary entry mentioning it was like almost a year before her dad actually was killed yes like they definitely like be. this was planned for a while yes fucking wild okay sorry that was the only people are thing. <laughs> people are fucking crazy yes so both both Rachel and her mother really kind of downplayed their roles in the murder and had even both admitted to detectives that Brianna would have been killed too once Sarah had passed away in the hospital. Rachel pled guilty to second-degree murder in 2015 as part of a plea deal for testifying against her mother. She had received two life sentences with the possibility of parole after 42 and a half years. Diane had entered an Alfred plea, which is basically her agreeing that the prosecutors have enough to convict her without actually admitting to any guilt herself. 
In 2018, she was sentenced to life imprisonment without parole. So Sarah had actually survived her attempted poisoning, but now lives with severe organ and neurological damage, which would unfortunately be suspected if someone tries to kill you with antifreeze. Um, 100%. Cannot even imagine the pain that she would be in from drinking that and not even having the realization. But due to the effects of the poison on both her body and mental state, she currently lives in an assisted living facility, but is active on Facebook with information to the case. And in court, she had said, quote, I prefer to be a survivor than a victim. I give my mom, I forgive my mom for what she did to me, but she not only took away my dad and brother, but she took away my lifestyle, livelihood, and my independence. Which I think is a super impactful statement because she's saying that she does, you know, she forgave her mom, the person that tried to literally kill her, but is more upset, you know, that she can't continue to live her life the way that she did. You know, she was a college graduate. She was super smart. She was just, you know, at a tough place in her life and her mom and her sister literally just tried to kill her off. They sincerely in my opinion i think they genu- generally <laughs> they genuinely did kill her and her life that she had like in a sense that like they killed the part of her she knew and now and the life yeah. she knew and now her life looks very different and although she might forgive them you know she and she survived i think she mentioned she doesn't like being called a victim she is a survivor and I think that's very strong but her life is changed forever it's not like oh you know you see some of these people who survive horrific crimes and go on and live normal lives she can't live a normal life she had no previous disabilities prior to she just was struggling to find a job after graduating college which millions of people do A hundred percent. And now she has to, you know, adapt to a completely different lifestyle that she wasn't living, you know, for the 20 plus years that she was alive. Now she's got to change everything she knew and has to rely on these other people, you know, living in assisted living or things like that. Um, Brianna was nine at the time of this, so they didn't get to Brianna yet, but she was placed in foster care due to her age and supposedly has been given a new name, but that name, I'm assuming, has not been detected by, like, the media at this point. So yeah. there's no information as to where she is. Good. Let that child live her life and <laughs> be free from this, because what a fucking mess. Right. <laughs> um, and the Stout Family Murder case is also known as the Antifreeze Murders. Which I was kind of surprised to know that because I feel like there is a lot, as tragic as it is to say, like, antifreeze murder cases out there. Like, where people use that. That this is the one that actually got the name for it. But I'm sure that there's probably other ones. A hundred percent. But it is interesting if you Google antifreeze murder cases, the first few articles are about the Stott family murders. Yep, they are. Which is, I guess that's super, it is just like realistically coming down to 
how bizarre and twisted this case is, that this is the one that got the media attention and got the coin to name. Yeah, there because there are other cases listed on here. You can find them when you Google that. But mm-hmm. this is like the number one. <laughs> and I think I can understand why this woman literally killed her husband, one of her kids and tried to kill a second or a second kid. And if she did kill Sarah, she would have gone on to kill the other one. And who would who says she would have stopped there? Who says she wouldn't have killed Rachel at that point? It's true, you know. Because Rachel made it seem like Brianna Brianna was not, the youngest was not originally part of the plan. But after it was decided that she was going to kill Sarah, she knew her mom was then going to kill Brianna. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, what made you think she wasn't also going to kill you later? That's true. Because, I mean, you know, if, if if you get away with it that much at that point. It wouldn't be unheard of for you to just kill everybody else off. And two, honestly, if you get away with it after, you know, two, three people, they're all dying of, like, similar symptoms. Like, you could say, like, maybe they all had some sort of sickness or, like, they all died of the flu. Like, that's drinking antifreeze has, like, flu-like symptoms that basically shuts your organs down. But that's how people get away with it because it is something that is... I guess, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but, like, you can kind of cover it up. Like, it's not, yeah. it's a violent death, she just, for sure. She, <laughs> I think she got a little in over her head trying to do this. Um, And I do have a quote from her investigation or interrogation tape in 2013, because one of my sources breaks down a bunch of the interrogation and what was said. Because both women pretty much admit in interrogations what happened. And Diane literally is quoted saying, I'm not a perpetual killer. I'm just stupid. I regret doing it. I really do. I've screwed up everybody and I've screwed up my whole family. Well, no, you don't regret doing it. You regret getting caught because you literally just said, I'm not a perpetual killer. I'm just stupid. Like, you're admitting that the only reason you got caught is because you're dumb. (laughs) Because you're dumb. Which is fucked up. But usually people are not, like, they're more upset that they got caught. They're not upset that they did it. Which is, like, insane. And both women tried to appeal later on. mm Mm-hmm. So it's not like, like, they were, you were trying to say, like, hey, I was coerced into confessions. Like, Rachel literally... (laughs) Rachel tried to say she was coerced into confessions because she was uncomfortable in male presence and yes. was interviewed by two male detectives. And so that was coercion. And it was the equivalent of her being flayed alive. I have that as another little thing on here. That's oh, I'm, I'm really so happy. Sorry. No, you, no, you're totally good. I'm really happy that you mentioned that, though, because um, I was hoping that it would turn into like a conversation because I feel like that is just like an excuse to throw that out. Yes. Like, any I'm looking at the book and just trying to pull everything I can out of this book that is bullshit like oh I don't do well around male figures like that's why I don't know I don't know people are literally weird to me but if you're in a situation like that if there was if there was evidence of her being sexually assaulted or physically abused or anything like that 
okay, can I understand it? Absolutely. However, I cannot understand that you say that when you have nothing in your history that shows that there <laughs> you you are uncomfortable in male presence. True, but I also feel like it's one of those things that like you could use it as an argument because it's like people aren't going to necessarily question it too much. Yeah, like, I guess that's true. Because then you're seen as, like, insensitive or, like, maybe she didn't voice these the way that she felt previously or X, Y, Z. I feel like, you know, that's just a, a good attorney trying to do their their work if she's yeah. doing it with an appeal like that. Or even if she's just, like, sitting in the law, like, the library reading all these law books in jail, like, coming yeah, up with any maybe. excuse that she can find to, like... Maybe you never know. No, you really don't. It just, like, it really bugged me that she <laughs> said that. That's all. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, no, what I the agree. hell, lady? <laughs> I definitely agree. And it's amazing, like, that I think that it even got to a third child before anyone Notice? brought these tips in. Yeah, like... Because it seemed like there was other people that were questioning it or, like, were suspect, but didn't say anything. So this just goes back to if you are suspicious about something, you should probably tell someone. Even if you're wrong, you don't get penalized because you're wrong. Correct. (laughs) You get penalized when you don't say something and then another person dies. Don't they teach you, like, see something, say something? Yeah, I like a thing that's taught. They do that now. I feel like it's really common now, but I don't remember if I remember seeing it like when I was younger. Well, I'm a big believer in see something, say something. I would rather say something and it be nothing. Yes. Than seeing something, ignoring it, and not saying anything at all. Yes. Like before we just started recording, said we just had this conversation. I had long story short I had someone reach out to me about an an ex (laughs) this is very true not a great situation and I could have just ignored it and not reached out but it was um it was a very toxic abusive relationship and so I felt like I had an obligation to say something to this woman and like actually genuinely tell her my story and what I experienced, because I told Sid, I was like, God forbid, you know, I'm scrolling Facebook and someone shares an article one day and this guy killed someone, <laughs> which is like extreme. And I understand that. But like, you know, I you have some sort of obligation and I genuinely feel like people are scared to say something or get involved in situations. I'm uncomfortable. I don't like <laughs> social situations, so I can understand. But I don't know. I feel like that's a guilt I don't want to live with the rest of my life. And I would definitely rather say something. Yeah, <laughs> I agree with that. And also, I think it, the big thing, and, like, you kind of nailed that, was people don't want to be involved. Like, they don't want to their name to be a part of it. And, like, a lot of the times, like, you can stay anonymous or, like, you, you know, they're not going to follow up with you or, like, continue to, you know, ask you questions about it. You know, I've called the non-emergency number like, just driving by a situation that I thought that I should call on, and they don't call me back and are like, oh, by the way, nothing was, like, nothing was going on. They just, like, go and check out the situation and then do whatever they do with it. Like, 
they don't follow up with you necessarily. Two weeks ago, Jacob had to call non-emergency. <laughs> and it was a very similar situation. We had been at his grandma's house. There was, um, like, a knock on the door. And mm-hmm. Jacob had gone outside to smoke a cigarette. Like, it was going outside as the knock on the door happens, right? So... He goes outside and he's talking to this guy who he said was like really sketchy. He was like, hey, uh, I lost my AirPods and it says they're here. And this is grandma's house. Jacob's like, your AirPods aren't here, guy. (laughs) Like you have the wrong house. (laughs) And he said the guy was like really shady. Wouldn't even look up at him. Kept looking at his phone. But like his phone screen was dark. Like it wasn't even on. Like, oh, it says it's here. And Jacob said he responded. (laughs) Yeah, and Jacob said he responded. And the guy put up like no fight and just walked back to his car and then like kind of slowly drove away. The license plate was obscured on the car. Like there was just a bunch of things that he was like, I didn't feel great about that. And we've been reading a lot on like our our city page about stuff like that kind of happening as people trying to like case houses. And so he called non-emergency and gave a description of the guy in the car and was like, I don't need to call back or anything. I just want to be aware in the neighborhood, in this area, that this is what is happening in case the guy is trying to case houses. Like, my grandma lives alone. Like, this is, you know what I mean? He was like, this is not a good situation. Yeah. And we were like, and that's why I told him, I was like, I saw a bunch of posts and people were like, because of the demographic of people, um, people were like, oh, you shouldn't call the cops. Like, you know, it's like a black guy who was doing it. And they were like, you shouldn't call the cops because racial profiling and blah, 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 blah. And I told Jacob, I was like, I'm not concerned with the racial profiling. What I'm concerned about is that whoever that person was, no matter what they look like, the situation did not feel comfortable. Yeah. And you, God forbid, like, you don't say something and something happened (laughs) or they hit another house in the area. You know what I mean? Like you don't know. And I, I can understand the concern of not wanting to like racial profile and like, Oh, you shouldn't say anything and make an issue. You should say something. If something feels off, you're supposed to trust your gut. Yes. Yes. As long as you're not a racist piece of crap. (laughs) And that's what you're judging it off of. You know what I mean? Then like, obviously don't say something but I don't know if that's like yeah. a tangent but like if something feels off you should say something because there's a reason we have gut instincts if that yeah. makes sense no it makes sense you're very right like there's definitely you know th- and there's a difference between like your gut instinct and you know something doesn't feel right and like other things like I don't exactly. know exactly and I do think that there is a lot of people that just don't they don't want to deal with it they they don't want to be involved they don't want to make a call they don't want to deal they think they're going to get followed up or like they're going to be on the news that they were a snitch or xyz like yeah that does not I feel like happen unless you're out there and even like the the pastor or whatever in this case like I don't I think that the whole reason why it eventually came out is because he like went out to the media and was like yeah I was the tipster I didn't feel right about it xyz or you know in the court you know testified or something against them in that case yeah that's not always a requirement like you can continue to stay anonymous 100 percent can be anonymous it's the whole point why they have those yeah and even like 
when Jacob called the non-emergency, they asked if he, they, he wanted to give his name and the address yeah. where they're at. And he, and if he wanted to follow up uh, after they did it, like a drive around. And he was like, no, like no follow-ups needed. He gave his grandma's address and said, you know, this is the address it was at. And this is my grandma's house. This is her name. Uh, but like, that was it. <laughs> and said you don't need to follow up and definitely don't go knock on her door because she'll get scared if no one's home uh and someone just knocks on her door afterwards but I don't know I I think it's worth it sometimes to, like I said to say something I mean you never know no you don't even even my neighbor <laughs> Our neighbors, if they go out of town, will like, because we're, we have a handful of neighbors here that we're all really close. And so, like, one of our neighbors, she's an older lady, she lives next door. She'll tell us, like, if she's going out of town for like a week or something, and she'll tell us, like, hey, I'm going out of town. This person's going to be stopping by and checking on my cat or like feeding, checking on the cat or taking out my garbage. Like, just don't want you to be alarmed if you see someone coming and going and will like tell us what they look like. And we've done the same thing to both our neighbors on either side because they do pay attention to that kind of stuff and (laughs) don't say something then. But they would, they, and they have asked like, Hey, I saw this, like, is that's okay. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Like someone's text, (laughs) someone texts Jacob, like, Hey, saw someone moving this. And we're like, Oh yeah, we aren't home, but that was okay. (laughs) That is okay. No, please call 911 immediately. (laughs) But we're, I think we're fortunate too. We have great neighbors. So yeah, if they're uh, watching well enough to know that there's a stranger moving something in your home. I think you got some good people around you. Exactly. I don't even know what happened. I live in an apartment complex, but I couldn't even tell you, like, half the time, if people are walking in the building, if they live in the building or not, because I just don't pay attention <laughs> at all. Like, Jacob and I actually said, what it's we'll be really sad when we leave the house, not because we're not going to, like, a better school district or a better house or anything we'll be really sad because we will never have neighbors as great as ours now (laughs) and it's like very sad (laughs) that's crazy (laughs) okay well anything else to add I think I took away one of your fun facts I'm sorry no you're fine no that was like the only extra thing that I was gonna like throw in and chat about but I think we we got it done and we did all the things so all I have cool uh I just ranted at the end about the say something see something say something uh so I guess I'll let you hit us with some jokes and facts what do you want first let's definitely go fact first cowboys in Texas started eating fajitas in the 1930s they grilled the 30s the 1930s oh my gosh they grilled their skirt steak with veggies and served it as an appetizer with a tortilla i thought it was really interesting that it was an appetizer i also think that's really interesting fajitas sounds so good right now i'm so hungry i like i'm gonna go to the grocery (laughs) store and buy three tubs of taco dip like that's oh yum (laughs) so hungry but yeah, that sounds inter- that's really interesting that it was an appetizer cuz I feel like fajitas are a whole meal. No, like it's a big elaborate thing now. 
Yeah. But I've that's really interesting fajita. the concept to appetizer and grilling and just has been around for almost 100 years. Never seen a fajita on the appetizer list. Me either. <laughs> just start telling people, did you know a fajita's an appetizer? When I go to the go to restaurants, they'll be like, what the fuck? They will be very confused. <laughs> All right, are you ready for a joke? I am. If you want a promotion at work, what do you do? What? You yell, vodka, tequila, sambuca at the top of your lungs. Then you're the person who calls the shots. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. (laughs) I was like, as you were saying it, I was so confused where it was going. (laughs) What is going on? Yeah, I was really stressed. (laughs) Why is she yelling at me? (laughs) <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> well, that was a decent one. <laughs> Shout out to your dad. Thanks, dad. He likes to be called the... Uh, oh, what did he call himself the other day? Hold on. Super fan. Just doing my part as a booster of the program. Booster of the program. <laughs> He's like our number one supporter. So thanks, dad. <laughs> Super fan. Super fan. That's a good title. Love it. <laughs> Let's get him a cut, like a customized something that's a super fan on it. <laughs> I w- maybe this will be a Christmas idea. <laughs> it's a great plan. <laughs> well, folks, you can find us on Facebook at Tacos and Tequila Podcast. On Instagram, at just Tacos and Tequila. We also have a website, tacosandtequiliapodcast.com, has every breakdown of episode, sources, and links to Spotify episodes on there for you to find information. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, make sure you leave a rating or review. Helps us get noticed. It's really cool to see what you guys like. And yeah. And I know you mentioned Instagram. I know that's the biggest place where the promotion we just ran was. By the time this episode comes out, it will be over. But keep an eye on it because if it is successful, I think we should definitely try to do this more. I know it's been, what, 24 hours since we ran it. And I know at least one entry. (laughs) Uh, Woo! Which isn't a lot, but we're hoping, you know, a handful of entries and it'll be worth it to keep doing it. So pay attention. I think to our social medias, we're really trying to work on some cool promotions and giveaways. Yes. Moving forward, that would be something fun for us to do. I agree. And I think that's all I have. Anything else? No, I think that's everything. Sweet. Then we will talk to you folks next week. Bye. Bye.